Welcome to episode 81 of Iron Man Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, welcome along to episode 81, 81 of Iron Man Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Owls. How you going, mate? I'm very good. Feels like we were doing this yesterday. It does. How about that? Race of the weekend. <laughs> oh, the best race ever. Well, it's actually not the post-Kona super special because, John, where are you Where are you right now? Right now, I'm sitting on the beach in Rarotonga. In Rarotonga. And so we're recording this show Wednesday before the Kona Championships. So, so it's a bit weak, mate. How, why did you plan it like that? I don't know. Thomas's Thomas takes priority. No, 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 no. But you could have done it the week after. Uh, something else would have come up. Uh, weak. But anyway, the show is brought to you by Coffees of Hawaii. Hawaii. Oh, you know it because that's your thing. Coffeesofhawaii.com for all the best coffee in the whole world. Trybuys.com for all the best trybuys stuff in the whole world. And Athlinks.com for all the best athletes in all the world. Exactly. It's a beautiful Get thing. Get your Kona results up there if you haven't already done so. Oh, true. Yeah, mm. good point. So, um, we've got some news. We don't have any news. On, uh, I, I didn't know bloody Lance Armstrong was going to come out of time and oh. win the Iron Man. <laughs> <didn't know>. <laughs> <laughs> we've got news. We've got an age group of the week. We've got a high five. Website of the week. Coach's Corner is on. Got an interview with uh, Dr. Nat Anglum. Mm. And we can About? Go that. Uh, sh- shin problems, ITB problems, and a super special topic. Oh, super special. It's exciting times. And we've got a couple quick questions and answers at the end. So news is going to be pretty quick this week because, well, we kind of did news yesterday based on last week's. But your predictions on Hawaii, how'd you go? Yeah, I did sensationally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was on fire. Got 100%. <laughs> it's really frustrating that we don't know what's happened, but... That's okay. Next week's going to be our post-Kona Super Special. Mm. And uh, <clears throat> so we'll be worth the wait. We'll make it amazing. So anyway, what have we got coming up? We've got a race coming up. The 17th Great Floridian. Okay. So uh, we have a link to that site. That's coming up this weekend. Yep. Great to see. You know, th- these events have been around for a long time now. There's not many Ironmans that have been around for 17 years. So no. uh, it's an iron distance race. It's got a few other options there. Last year's winners, we had uh, Dirk. I love this name. Winchnalda Winchnalda from Holland 943 and on the girls side we had Stacey Studer in 1101 so I love you in Dutch good and uh, so that's coming up this weekend we've also got the Ibiza long distance triathlon so Uh, I was talking to a lady at the gym today her husband has been in Ibiza for four days uh, if you're a wife would you allow that it's wrong that place really (laughs) have you been oh no but I've just heard too many things I think Lanzarote and where the guys go to train is okay but some of those places over there are just filth <laughs> but anyway, the Ibiza Triathlon, 4K swim, 115K bike, 30K run. It's so okay if you go to do a triathlon. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And there's also lots of other half iron distance races coming up, uh, sort of end of the Fighting Northern Hemisphere. Yeah, yeah, it Ibiza. is. Yeah. yeah, it's sort of just short of that nice distance. Mm. So I'd imagine that, that there's probably just a loop on the bike that's 115 and they couldn't be asked tacking on the 5K. Nice. Lots of halves coming up, sort of end of season Northern Hemisphere ones, and us Southern Hemisphere athletes are starting to kick into action. And we also had, a couple of weeks ago, the Alberman Triathlon. Yep. And classification individual. Individual. And it's downloading right now. And I can't so open Alberman is held just on an island off the coast of Italy. Um, looks like an absolutely fantastic race. They've got a little YouTube clip up on their site. Uh, but it was a couple of weeks ago, and they've set the date for next year. And the winner was... We can't open it. Why not? Because I only have a test drive on this one. Ah. Oh. The winner was, I'm pretty sure it was Alessandro, Alessandro, I think that's his name. Yep. Uh, and and Evan's lame little laptop doesn't know. No, because files. the Microsoft Word, I, don't have, I haven't actually bought it for this computer. Right. But I'm, get I'm yourself, getting it. Get yourself a ripped off copy somewhere. Well, I wouldn't do that because it's criminal, John. <laughs> anyway, you can go to albaman.it if you want to check out the results. Any other news this week? No other news this week, that's it. <laughs> Normally we take like half an hour for news. How long are we taking? Four minutes. <laughs> we like to set records. Well, we just have. Would you, do you think the record would have gone on the weekend? No chance in hell. No chance in hell. No. No, because you were predicting windy, windy race. Yeah, but I still don't think there's anybody out there at this stage that I think can. What about Mecca? Come on, Mecca. No, 
Come on, I reckon Mecca could beat the record. Do you know what the record is? 804. Yeah. I know that because we last we did it yesterday. Yeah. 804 is something like 16. I can't see anybody And because I'm not ignorant, that. so you yeah. know, I know these things. But um, no, I reckon Mecca could do it. I can't see it. I think there's going to be, there need to be some serious team tactics going on the bike. It would have to be the absolute perfect conditions on the day. And uh, I don't think he's got it done. You don't? No. But he wasn't far off from road, in the official record on road. Yeah. But, and, and like, if he had someone, like, he pretty much did that race mainly by himself, especially the run. Yeah. If he had someone pushing him along, he would have got there, I reckon. So, uh, uh, maybe that can be a discussion of the week. Could be. He's not going to do it. I'll put money. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say he hasn't done it. Okay, I, I, I probably agree, but I think Mecca could do it. Right. But if he has done it, I'm a bloody legend. I'm calling it. Of course. <laughs> See, I had another minute. Another there. minute. Yeah, that's good. Anyway, that's our news for this, <laughs> this week. week. Age Grouper of the Week. And one thing that's really exciting about this email was it comes from another triathlon coach. He's a very uh, wise man. Obviously a very wise man, and uh, his name is Gavin Rogers. And I, as I said to him on my email reply, my dad's name's Gavin. Right. Gavin Isles. Mm-hmm. Gavin James Isles, actually. Mm-hmm. Kind of similar to Bevan. Any famous people called Gavin? Gavin Hastings. That's true. Yeah. 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 Not many famous Bevans other than Bevan Doherty. Yeah. Yeah. Many famous Johns. John the Great. John the Great. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> John Lennon. Okay, so um, he's South African working as a triathlon coach in England. Found out about the podcast three weeks ago and has just listened to all of them. I love it when people do that. Hey? I can't believe people do that. No, that's sensational. We love you, Gavin. You're a legend. Um, really enjoyed listening to them and he's been telling his athletes to get onto them and also got them to sign up to Athlinks so we think you're a bloody legend the main reason for this email was to send you a race report from Ironman Career with one of his athletes um, for worthy of age group consideration Mark Whitaker pr- approached me last year and wanted to do a half Ironman UK which was in his A race for the year he watched his brother do an Ironman Germany and decided that he wanted to do an Ironman next year but his brother posted such a good time at Germany uh, for his first Ironman that he thought he'd give it a crack at Ironman career and try to qualify for Kona. Mark could not go and watch this time, so decided with four weeks to go that he'd enter also. Okay, so what's really cool about Mark's race is that bike got the fell to pieces, didn't it? Something like that. No, he yeah. had a crash. He had a crash. He had a crash, which then cracked his frame and basically he had to hold his bike together over over the whole bike ride. I think it took him about six hours. Seven hours, I Seven think. hours on the bike. Got into the run, having a pretty bad day. About 19 k's into the run, collapsed. Basically woke up in the ambulance. 19 miles. 19 miles. So oh, it's about, so close uh, to the end. So that's about 32 k's. Yep. So that, that death, death mark around 30 k's yeah. is where it really starts and, to get And hard. he literally died. And so got on, he got basically fell over, collapsed, found himself awake in the ambulance at the finish line. Called a taxi back to the 19 mile mark and walked to the finish. That's a solid effort. That is awesome, isn't it? Yeah. I don't think many people would do that. No, and I think that's. I don't know if that's legit or not, but I think in the rules you are allowed to go off the course, I think. Okay. And as long as you enter the course back at the course where you went off the course, I think that's legit. <laughs> yeah, I got that. So, yeah, no, I think that might be. I don't know whether he got a legit, legitimate finish or not there, but. Um, I've heard of people doing that up in Taupo because in Taupo the the course there's a lot of motels and hotels along. Well, they go over sleep and come back later. Yeah, I've heard of people doing that, and uh, I'm I'm not sure if it's legit or not. But I don't think it's legit. It's cheating. Come on, go and have a sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Have a nap. Can your girlfriend give you a massage? (laughs) Bit of loving. Yeah, exactly. Let's feed you up. But anyway, that was a pretty solid effort. You know, like, because I don't know if he got his medal or not, but to me, that really shows the spirit of the the sport. Um, I don't know, you know, you're you're in in an ambulance, you're obviously pretty screwed. Mm. Didn't follow the John Newsom protocol of three-year build-up to his his first Ironman, but we'll we'll give him some credit here for getting in there and gutsing it out. So, um, so what on, Mark? Mark, would Would, would you do it? Right at that, nah. Come on, it's only a couple of miles. (laughs) It's 12 Ks. 12 Ks. (laughs) On your first Ironman, what have you? No, because you became a bit of an athlete background, didn't you? Yeah, I, I had some. I struggled badly in my first Ironman. I um, but you didn't, you didn't follow the, the easy bike plan, did you? No, I didn't. No, yeah, you were winning the race, were you? Was. <laughs> Spencer Smith and Lothar Leader were eating my dust. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, good old days. But anyway, okay, uh, Mark Whitaker, you're a right. bloody legend. Thank you, Gavin Rogers, for sending them on. But Mark Whitaker, 
Uh, age grouper of the week. week. Okay, then, what's up next? We're going to go high five? five for you. Wait a second. One, two, three, four. High five. Don't steal all, my thunder. All the way from Oman. Oman. Good old Glenn, boy. We we're going to do a Glenn show, but it kind of hasn't worked out that way. But Glenn was one of our local athletes in Christchurch. He was one of the guys I hung out with when I was in Rote, and he's actually decided to chase the money in Oman. Mm. And uh, he's an air traffic controller, and he's gone to Oman, and he's basically sent us through a high five, minimising the disruption of training when moving, when moving countries and cities. Yeah, it's funny when Glenn says this, it's got to be a disruption, disruption to your training. So, Glenn, you've actually got to be doing some training for there to be it's a disruption. True. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but, hey, he's given us some feedback here. Do you want to go first? Take as much tri-gear as you can. Um, can pack in as sports shops at your destination may not stock oh, tri-gear. That's actually a really Alternatively, good point. check whether your favourite online store, trybuys.com, delivers to your new mm-hmm. home. So it did well then, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, especially applicable if you're going to, you know, say, a country in the Middle East, somewhere in Asia, somewhere perhaps in Africa or South America. They probably aren't going to be stocking all your favourite things. Yeah, that's true. So get online and find your nearest tri-club. If you can't find a tri-club, then look for similar organisations such as running clubs, cycling groups, etc. As there will always be closer triathletes uh, as a closet triathlete as members, which was a really good point. In a new place, you know, especially a different culture, you may find it really hard to actually meet people who are into you know our passion triathlon. And so, if you are able to actually find a tri-club. That'd be awesome. And Glenn here has found a tri club, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, but also look for your cycling club, your running club, and so on. Most places, if you go, most places are going to have some sort of expat community. So again, in Asia and stuff, where I've I've spent a lot of time, there's always like a hash ha- hash house Harriers um, yep. sort of group and things like that. And you'll you'll find some triathletes. You just need to look. Yeah. Point number three: Be prepared to change your diet. Oh, good point. Your favourite foods slash supplements may not be readily available. Use uh, use the change as an opportunity to reevaluate your day to day training diet. Which is really true, isn't it? I suppose if you go to a place like Oman, you know, like veggies and the food's different. First of all, well, I think. I haven't been to Oman, but I'd imagine there's a lot less saturated fat, which is going to be a good thing, yeah. I would imagine, and yeah. a lot less processed um, foods and, and hopefully not so many of the chains and things like that. So hopefully it's a good positive change for Big Glenn. Big, oh, you've added the Big Glenn. <laughs> oh, ripping under Glenn. Oh, man, he's done all this work he, he for us left, and you're just dealing to him. I've got his photo. You, you, wait, I'll go get it. You can talk for a second. Okay, I'll, I'm going to do the next one. Um, beware of climate changes, heat, humidity, altitude, pollen, smog, the list goes on. Be prepared to change um, where and when you train. Again, a cha- um, use this change as an opportunity to adapt and refresh your training program. What do you keep a picture of Glenn under your pillow for? You're sick of it. was behind my bed. Because oh. <laughs> I went on the road. Sticky. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's dusty, not sticky. That's clean at the finishing line and wrote. He's not looking I don't know why I've got his photo. Oh, because he couldn't take it home, and then I didn't end up getting back from him. That girl there was really fast. Right. I might actually scan this and put this on her website. <laughs> she looks like she's finished. She's got a jersey on, yeah, and she's she all is. done for the day. She's got the flag. Look at that. He's got the Kiwi flag. Really? Oh, nice work. Yeah, man. it's a good effort, mate. Um, okay, number five. Use this opportunity to race at as many local events as you can, within reason, as you never know when you get to do them again as if you may move on, which exactly. is really true, eh? Mm, especially if you're <laughs> sort of on a contract or something like that. Yeah, and... Uh, you often find you have your kind of local races, like in Christchurch, cycle racing, you've got like Little Race and the Armstrong Prestige, and you know, and we've got the Half Island, the South Island Half, mm. which is a huge race. It's and a, it's a it doesn't count for anything, that race. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next up. Glenn, it's a high five, not a high six, but as in tradition, we've yeah. got six. You may, uh, you may not have any training partners to start. But you're never alone, especially if you have Iron Man talk on your iPod. Beautiful, mate. This one cool. hour of quality every week. Sometimes an hour and a half. Yeah. So, so actually, they had some really good points there, didn't they? Did. Any tips you could add? Uh, no, I just I think the main thing is is don't be afraid to adapt your training a little bit and fit in with other people. It probably might not mean you stick 100% to your program, but um, yeah, if it means you've got to slow down a bit, then so be it. Just to socialise and, and get to know all the routes and things like that. And these days, I guess there's also quite a few web resources you can use, things like Map My Run and Map My Bike and Map My Triathlon, yeah. and all those sorts of things to find local routes. Um, and yeah, that'd be the main thing. Just get get amongst it and and talk to locals. I think the other thing is that you know when you go to a different country and you're going to live there, it's a big change in many areas of your life. And as you know, mm. you've really just got to learn to adapt to the situation and be open to. And a lot of what Glenn's done here is really about making it easy to be open to new people. Mm. And uh, and I think you've really just got to consider that and uh, make the most of that. So mm. very good. It's a, a high five. 
for this week. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Again. Beautiful. Website of the week slash product review center. <laughs> we love when people send us stuff in. We really do. And if you want to send us anything in, don't be shy. Yep. Because we, we love it. If we like it, we'll review it. If we don't, we'll just hold on to it. <laughs> Put it on Trade Me. Put it on eBay. It'd be great. But we like this stuff, don't we? We did. So uh, true-motion.com. True-motion. So they've sent us in some clothing, uh, which we like. Uh, we're going to talk about really like actually stuff. Yeah. Um, they've sent, it's basically a group of guys, a group of athletes have come up with just a casual range of clothing. Yeah. Uh, and one of the reasons why I want to support guys like this is they're guys that are setting up a small business and I love looking after the little guy and helping uh, him you out you do like because you buy your fruit from Gordo's so Gordon's don't you I do I buy my fruit from Gordon's he's a small little fruit shop in Christchurch like to buy I went there I was small business average, but, so we've got one of those we've got one of those ones yeah, we've got one of those ones and one of those ones and one of those ones alright so what do we got? We've got we're looking we've obviously got the men's technical apparel 2007 collection 2007 collection uh, we've got one of the red tops has that got a name on there yeah that's it's called a short uh, sleeve leisure shirt nice Bevan managed to, we had to divvy things up. I've yep. got that one. I've got the baby ribbed fitted long sleeve t shirt. Mm, nice. Nice. I've got the fine, fine jersey short sleeve Roger t shirt. Ringer t shirt. Ringer t shirt. And I've got the fine jersey short sleeve t shirt. Hmm. And then lastly, we didn't actually get this old school jacket. Trick jacket. That looks pretty good. Yeah. Would have liked that. Maybe yeah. next time. Get two of those, eh? <laughs> Check out some of those ones, boys. Um, really, no, yeah, it's interesting, eh? They've put out this range. Their idea is that, um, what was it? It's that, what's the info? Let's see. You, you talk about it, John. It's kind of a combination. It looks to me kind of a surfy slash casual triathlon sort of gear. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's basically a group of athletes. True Motion Sportswear was founded by a group of four passionate triathletes whose vision was to create casual sportswear that people feel good about wearing. We offer cool styles and comfortable fabrics to embrace the um, active lifestyle. There are numerous offerings of technical apparel available on uh, to today's athletes, but what what do you wear when your training is uh, done and dusted? Nice. Um, That is how True Motion was born. So, yeah, I I love supporting companies like this. Small guys, cool products, um, nicely priced, and uh, yeah, you can basically buy it online and uh, and go through. You know what? It is. That's right. What? The other thing is... Oh, you're just putting your finger. Yep, go to our show notes. Okay, oh, show notes, yep. Oh, yeah, what's they've even, offered a deal. What's even better, yep. I almost forgot about this, yep. um, they have offered Ironman Talk listeners a 15% discount on all item pro, um, all items available from the online store. Yeah, great. You need to go on, um, obviously do your shopping, and then there's a, uh, a code IMTALK07 yep. when you're going through the checkout, and it's valid from now until the 31st of December. Oh, wow, so, so that's a good one, isn't it? We like the product, we like their small business, we like their triathletes, but what we like the most is we you We love guys, a bargain. We always go for a bargain, don't we, Jumbo? Getting a discount. And uh, like, I do have to say, I wore, because um, we just received it like two days ago, and I actually wore that one yesterday, the baby long sleeve t-shirt and you're actually wearing one now aren't you I am and, uh, did you pick up a chip do you get a date or something like that uh, no no, <laughs> no. <laughs> wear that no. out Saturday night maybe I should wear that out Saturday night yeah. but I wore it out and, uh, and it just it, like the nice thing was is that it's you know like, I don't know triathletes tend to have good bodies and you know we take pride in our bodies and you know it's nice when you get clothes that are fitting nice if you yeah. know what I mean and, and this this clothes you put it on and it feels good and it looks good on and I was pretty happy with that to be honest and you don't don't like wearing tents no, you know, and you often get that, don't you? Get t-shirts and you know the it's a medium and it's blimmin' XXL for us guys because yeah. we're kind of lean. Whereas this stuff is good fitting; it's really nice. So check it out. Go to the website. It's all be on our website. Ironman Talk this week, and uh, also remember that special. Uh, make the most of that. Fifteen percent off. True dash motion dot com. And good luck, boys. And if you want to send us through his jerseys, just uh, we'll do, we'll do another review. Yeah, we need two because yeah. <laughs> medium, <laughs> medium, large. <laughs> anyway, that's uh, website of the week and product review center. Okay. Coach's Corner. Sorry. So I do a bit of an intro before the interview, but it's just a good interview with Nat Anglum. Very, very smart chappy. Knows his Honestly, stuff. Honestly, yeah, um, a friend of mine worked out where he works. Yeah. And he said when he's not working, he's always got his head in the book reading about women. Yeah. Crap. He's a really active 
doctor. So it's funny because he works at Active, active Health. Health. Yeah, <laughs> very into his uh, his multi sport. He just dabbles in lots of different things. He's uh, in the New Zealand cross country ski team, um, and so he's got a real passion for. Did you talk sports. about his partner? No, we didn't. Because oh, it's talk about his partner. I, I mentioned that in the intro. His partner is Christina Anglum, who's yeah. uh, one of the world's best ever. Pro- probably, yeah, one of the best female multi-sport endurance athletes that there has been. And she's uh, unfortunately she's injured at the moment, but uh, she was trying to qualify for the Beijing Olympics in kayaking, but she's had a, bit of a bad back injury. Oh, really? um, yeah. So here's the interview with Nat. Cool. Right today in the Ironman Talk Studios, we're very happy to have Dr. Nat Anglum. Sports specialist, sports injury specialist. Um, Nat's based out of Active Health Q2, which is where I also do consultations. It's a fully co- fully comprehensible practice. Uh, we can talk about that a bit more, but covers everything you need in terms of physiotherapy, chiropractic, sports injuries, um, pretty much everything you need to get looked after. So anybody in the South Island area, this is your place to come. Obviously, you guys in the States and the UK, if you want to fly over for treatment, that's perfectly fine. Um, or if you happen to be in Christchurch, come and check it out, based out at QE2. Uh, one of the things we've had quite a few questions on lately is um, sports injuries and so on, so I thought we'd get an expert in to talk about that. And a couple of things we're going to cover today is um, shin problems and sort of understanding what's going on there. Also, ITB problems, and we've got a super surprise topic coming up at the end. So uh, Nat's also a keen multi-sporter himself, um, dabbles in the sport, his wife is Christina Anglum who has been one of New Zealand's best known um, multi-sport endurance athletes, Nat's in the New Zealand cross-country ski team so we always like to get people in who have got a good endurance sort of background and understanding of the types of things we, we crazy people do. So welcome along to the show Nat. Thanks John. So we've sort of discussed, yeah we want to, want to understand what a lot of time people come to us and say, oh, I've got shin splints or I've got stress fractures. just have to stop for a second because my battery is about to run out. So the broadcasting professional that I am has got everything back online now. Um, so, yeah, a lot of people say, oh, I've got shin splints or, or whatever, and sometimes I have to delve a bit deeper into understanding what they actually mean by that. Is it shin pain? Is it shin splints? Is it compartment syndrome? So one of the first things I was keen for you to explain is, is what is the difference between those terms, you know, shin, shin splints, compartment syndrome, and, say, stress fractures? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, shin splints is an interesting term because, in one sense, it's an umbrella term that... that um, uh, refers to a number of different conditions and those those conditions are as you've mentioned the compart- compartment syndrome stress fractures and then also um, a, a condition called periostitis or the where the the tendon attachment along the back or inside of the shin bone becomes um, painful and um, underneath that umbrella term shin splints there's another sort of shin splints which refers kind of specifically to that the tenderness along the shin bone so I think probably um, for most people if you say shin splints you mean that um, you, you know people tend to mean that that tenderness on the bone yeah um, yeah uh, but we have to be careful about the, the possibility of, of compartment syndrome and stress fractures which is which are quite different animals so a stress fracture is actually a, like a, a hairline sort of fracture of, of a particular bone in the lower limb. Is that what we're yeah, it's, well, it's not necessarily in the lower lower limb, yeah. but that's that's right. It's a fatigue fracture where over over time the recovery of the bone to the loading is insufficient from uh, insufficient for the amount of loading that it gets. But it can be a complete fracture as well. And there's a classic picture of a triple jumper in midair <laughs> with his leg broken at 90 degrees as as uh, during his event his stress fracture uh, completely snapped. <laughs> and then. Going on to say compartment syndrome, what's sort of happening there when if you have that? Compartment syndrome refers to um, a tightness and a pain that develops when normal swelling of the muscle occurs but is restricted by an overly tight fascial envelope or, or um, you know the, the envelope around the muscle, so it, which doesn't allow that normal swelling to occur. Right, cool. And what are you know what are the common causes of shin pain? I mean, uh, I don't know. Yeah, well, that's that's a, a, a big question, but um, I suppose you can divide it into mechanical means, um, mechanical causes where you know which may relate to the likes of overpronation or um, or 
uh, inadequate shock absorption, that sort of thing. Um, it can be related to training errors, meaning a, a change in volume or intensity too dramatic. Um, and there are structural things as well that there can be people who have low bone density for various reasons that may be susceptible to stress fractures. But most commonly, it's a combination of all of those sort of things. Yeah, yeah. And what I mean, obviously, we can make um, you know adjustments to training programs and things like that. Are there any other sort of common preventative measures that, that you can urge people? Perhaps somebody who maybe has had issues in the past um, and they're sort of on the comeback trail, any specific things they might be able to try? Well I think it's always important to learn from the experiences that you've had as an individual athlete because um, the the single biggest risk factor for all of these conditions is having had them before. Yeah. Um, the other thing is to try and get a, a gauge of uh, what's happening over time. So most of these conditions are um, are progressive and occur reason the changes occur reasonably slowly, so getting a gauge of whether the muscles are becoming tight and fatigued or your recovery from um, sequential races is is not quite complete. Those are the best clues in terms of um, treating this before it comes to a head. Because mm. it is, we do seem to have a pretty high occurrence. I mean, I, I know you see a lot of triathletes, quite a high occurrence in triathletes of shin problems, don't we? Mm, there's some very interesting research that shows that runners who do a certain um, mileage and a certain volume of high intensity running uh, at much less risk than people who would do a similar amount of running but add cycling into their training. Mm. And that indicates that um, that it's not just the the impact of and, and stress of running but the, the cumulative fatigue in the, uh, in the muscles of the lower limb that, that risk particularly stress fractures. What about the, uh, often we see you know, swimmers that are coming across, they often have quite big problems. In your experience, has that been a, a bone density issue um, or is it more they're, they're, they're big up, upstairs and that's sort of caused a little bit of it to happen or is it just their legs aren't used to the, the training load? Yeah, I think physiologically people adapt much slower than they expect and anyone who comes from the background of an endurance-related sport has the ability to um, tolerate reasonably big volumes of exercise from a cardiovascular, cardiorespiratory point of view. But changes in the density of, of bone, or rather in the tolerance of bone to loading, occur very slowly. And so um, people who haven't had years of loading through their legs but are able to tolerate a lot of exercise are probably at highest risk. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and obviously, you know, some people may be listening to this and they may have already passed the point where they can do their preventative measures and they may well be experiencing um, shin pain. I mean, what, what are sort of the first steps, obviously, other than coming to see yourself if they're not in Christchurch? What are some of the things they can perhaps do? Yeah, well, um, I think the, the first thing is to look back on your training diary and, and just be clear about what, is, what has been happening with your exercise regime. I think we tend to uh, forget just uh, we forget we tend to forget how hard we're training. It never feels like we're particularly fit, and it never feels like we're training particularly hard until there's an injury, and then we look look back and and realise that no, actually, I have been doing a bit more than I usually do. So uh, one important thing is to try and identify what the cause might be and remove it as quickly as you can. Um, the the next thing is that um, if you're starting to be aware of a of a niggle, but you don't think it's come to anything uh, anything significant just yet, then some things that can be useful are um, reducing the high intensity sessions, which are the ones that load the shin and the calf muscle particularly. I should perhaps also mention that. Um, the calf and the quad work, uh, quad muscles work together in shock absorption, and it's not uncommon to have quite tired and tight quadricep muscles that then leads to shin pain, just because the um, the absorption of shock or the attenuation of shock then shifts to the um, to the shin and calf. So, um, getting a gauge on how on the tightness and tenderness and fatigue of your quads and calves uh, it can be a useful 
um, a gauge and then treating that by stretching and soft tissue treatment such as massage could be a, a good starting point. Mm. It's so true, I mean when you think about the areas that are really sore after races it is so often it's your quads and your calves, your quads just take an absolute hammering. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that really highlights as well the importance of keeping a training log um, because you know, at the end of the day, if something does crop up, it often, like Nat is saying, is indicated over a period of time. And if you can keep that training log religiously, you know, keep obviously the training you're doing, the intensity, and also how you're feeling, not just what you're actually doing. That's an important factor of how you're feeling. Um, it can be much easier for, for preventing these things if they happen, preventing them happening again. So, cool. Um, the other, any, any other sort of comments on shins? Or do you think uh, pretty much covered that one? Well, I think it, it's difficult to be too specific when, as I say, we're talking about a, a potential large number of, of causes, so um, that probably covers things in a, in a pretty general sort yeah. of way. And so we wanted to cover another area a lot of people, especially with their cycling, seem to have issues is with the, uh, the ITB, um, often you know, tightening of that, and that can often be, as we all know, a pretty, um, pretty prolonged injury and quite difficult to get rid of, and, and so people are often scratching their heads, so... Again, um, when we do get ITB pain, is, is that uh, often is it just related to the ITB muscle or, or is it sort of interlinked with the quad or how, what's sort of going on when we get pain in the ITB area? Well, it's probably worth starting with a, a little bit of basic anatomy um, to, to clarify things. And the ITB is a tendon um, which originates right up by the top of your hip as a muscle called tensor fasciolata, which is a small muscle. Um, but the tendon is very long and it attaches all the way down by your knee onto the shin bone. What happens typically with ITB syndrome is that that tendon just by your knee flicks back and forth over a, um, a, a bony prominence and causes friction. And the structure which normally prevents that friction is known as a bursa. And um, when the, when people suffer ITB friction syndrome, it uh, it relates to an irritation of the bursa underneath the ITB tendon and over the top of the bone, and that's where the pain typically comes from. Cool. Okay. And um, what are some sort of preventative measures people can take to do? That? And also some causes. I mean, what are, what are, what are some of the main culprits you've seen in terms of the onset of ITB syndrome? Well, um, I think looking at causes is important from a treatment point of view. One of the things is that this is a condition which typically occurs uh, when people are fatigued uh, and when they're running downhill. And um, the friction on that piece of bone is is most when people are running um, are running slightly downhill. And that's because the uh, the degree of knee flexion, that is the amount that your knee is bent when you're running downhill, is slightly less than when you're running on the flat as you reach your feet out in front of you um, with a longer stride. And, and that's when you're particularly at risk. The other thing is that because this is a tendon which attaches from your hip all the way down to your shin, as you become fatigued and you suffer a little bit of instability in the hips, your, your back starts moving, your, your hips start swaying a bit, Those, um, that, that fatigue can contribute to more tension on the, uh, on the ITB. Similarly, when your foot rolls in and your shin rolls in along with it, uh, that also tensions the ITB. So there's a couple of uh, mechanical components to this which, which are exaggerated in the state of fatigue and running downhill is is um, problematic too yeah and the all important what, what what are the first sort of steps in terms of uh treating yeah, common itb problems uh well again we first look at removing the cause and um and that uh, while the obvious thing is to reduce or stop your running the the other thing is to look all the way up the the leg um, for areas of tightness and particularly in the gluteal muscles which stabilize the hip, hips and pelvis. So most commonly uh, at the same time as having pain on the outside of the knee which is uh, where ITB is most obvious, we also see uh, people have tenderness in their, uh, in their gluteal muscles and in their low back uh, as part of this condition. So we look at stretching those, uh, at those muscles um, and perhaps some soft tissue release work around the quadriceps. Um, from, a, um, from a mechanical point of view, 
reducing the uh, any excessive overpronation or um, sorting any biomechanic issues which can be present both on the bike as well as running uh, is important. The, the last thing is that because this is actually a bursitis which which really is a, a problem relating to inflammation uh, anti-inflammatory medications can be useful for this. Yeah, okay. Um, that sort of covers the uh nice issues we wanted to cover today but we've, we've, we've done peeing on the bike before we, we did attempt pooing on the bike a la Steve Gurney style um, we didn't cover that one in a great deal of, of issue but all jokes aside you know a lot of people do have stomach issues when they're racing and we, you know we're going to focus specifically when you're coming so you're coming off the bike and you're running and some people just often need to go to the toilet and I'm uh, referring to a number two not a number one <laughs> and it's a, it's a real issue because some people struggle to wonder whether it's a nutrition issue, whether they've maybe gone a little bit too hard, um, whether there's something else they can do to reduce it. I mean, what are, I know there's lots of different things that have been causing it, but what are some of the common things that you sort of see in terms of, you know, in race situations, needing to go to the toilet um, in a big way and actually having to stop and pull over and do that? Well, boy, I'm glad you brought this topic up. It's a great one. <laughs> we, 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 we cover the hard issues on this show. <laughs> um, the, um, well, the, this problem has a number of causes. It's both physiological as well as um, as well as mechanical. Um, and the way, uh, and I guess the way to approach it is in those in those terms. So, from a physiological point of view, um, if there's stuff in the stomach and in the gut, then you increase your chances of needing to get rid of it. <laughs> and um, and, and, and one way of dealing with that is to try and uh, increase the liquid component of your diet which allows absorption to happen a little bit easier. The, the thing that causes um, the need uh, or the feeling of need to pass a number two as you so eloquently <laughs> put it uh, is volume and what creates volume is, uh, is largely fibre in the diet um, there's also a component of bacteria which you can't really change, but um, but reducing the volume of fibre and by trying to use a liquid diet for as long before the race as possible can be useful. The other thing is that um, from a physiological point of view, and this is less uh, important in, in racing, but there is a, a reflex called the gastrocolic reflex, which is what um, when when you feed your dog and they uh, heartily eat up what you've given and then they rush outside and, and get rid of what you gave them yesterday is a is a reflex that humans also have and so from a training point of view if you if you troubled by the same condition then uh, then eating early uh, to stimulate that reflex and then get rid of what you can before training can be can be useful from a um, from a mechanical point of view, there is a component of impact uh, which is likely to be related to this problem, which is which makes it more common running than on the bike. Um, but th there's not very much that you can do to change that. You know, it's a part of running. Mm -hmm. So the um, so diet is the main thing to consider in terms of things that you can change. And then for some people. It, it comes down to a component of um, perhaps taking some medications which actually slow the movement of the bowel, uh, which is a, a means that just is the only option for some people. Um, and and that, can be, that can be quite effective for race day and when it's needed. Yeah. So have you come across this much? I mean, I know people come to see you regarding coast to coast. Is it something that's fairly common and... and yeah, it's a really common uh, situation. In fact, I think if if I asked people that I saw for other conditions whether they had problems um, uh, relating to bowel motions with <laughs> exercise, I think I think um, I would have a lot more to talk about. <laughs> um, but um, there is another component of this condition which relates to heat, and certainly um, the. Um, the difficulties that we have in high, with high intensity exercise in the heat, specifically re relating to vomiting and diarrhea, is, uh, is is significant, and um, we're not completely sure about what the causes of that are, but but there's no doubt that it is a real occurrence. Yeah. 
Oh, very good. We, we cover the, do cover the hard topics here. Um, so, what are you saying? Firstly, probably look at looking at your diet and trying to go for a liquid, more, more liquid type of things. So, when you're saying more liquid, would that include things like um, gels and, and the like? So, because we're talking specifically here for, for an event that's going to be between, say, nine, or probably from about nine up to 16 hours. Mm. And, and obviously, making sure you're getting in enough food is, is, a, is a highly important issue. But obviously, looking after your, your old uh, back end is, is important as well. Yeah, yeah. So, from a practical point of view, um, everyone will develop their own pre-race routines. But, um, but what I'm suggesting is not that you reduce the caloric intake or the energy that you take in, but perhaps change the form that it comes in. Mm. And um, often people will start with you know try and eat their last major solid meal. Uh, in the early hours of the morning before their uh, before their event, maybe two hours before they race, and then change to uh, to liquid and for some people that may be too soon before they race, so they may need extra time to clear out the non absorbable um, uh, solids essentially from their from their diet and so um, it may be that you go towards a more liquid meal which can be more completely absorbed from the gut. Um, and that you experiment a little bit to see uh, if you can um, reduce what's left. So you're sort of talking things like maybe insure and types of sort of meal replacement type things. Yeah, um, there's a, there's a number of a number of products that are available. Um, the main, yeah, um, insure is one of them. Insure perhaps has a little bit more fat than some yeah. of the other things that, um, and and you you know you probably don't need that. Um, the key thing is, is, I guess, always to make sure you trial these things in training, and then when it comes around, you know, do some simulations or, or on your B or C races, you know, trial lots of different things and see how it goes. Don't just leave it up until that um, that all important one key race of the season. So trial and error is pretty important. There's there's no one single un- answer, unfortunately. The um the role of racing and caffeine are both uh, are known to be both stimulants of, uh, of gastrointestinal motility. <laughs> so um, uh, the, the things will happen on race day that don't normally happen, and both caffeine and coffee um, uh, will have a similar effect. You'd be interested to know we actually have a coffee sponsor of the show, so we, we do encourage coffee drinking, but maybe just be a little bit careful of it around race day. <laughs> Um, what about the ca- ca- the caffeine and gels? Does that uh, have a have a same sort of effect, possibly? Yeah, it will do. That um, uh, you're testing my memory a little bit in terms <laughs> of the quantity of caffeine in the gels, and I, um, from memory, I think it's around thirty to eighty milligrams of caffeine, which is about a, a third of um, a third of the dose which you would get from a strong cup of coffee. Mm. One other question I've just got while I, while I think about it, and um, just throw this one at you, is it's something that I experienced um, when I was in Kona in 2005. I had an injury that basically cropped up about a week before the race, and I was was talking to you about it in terms of taking some medication into the race, some some anti-inflammatories and and so on. And there's, there's a few issues you've got to be careful of when you're doing that, isn't there? Yeah, there, there are. I mean, you've just opened a can of worms. Oh, no, really, another can of worms. <laughs> The um, the role of anti-inflammatory the the um, the risks and role of anti-inflammatories and endurance exercises one which has been uh, thrashed out on <laughs> in conferences in sports medicine and physiology around the world many times um, so it's one that's probably worth discussing with the person who prescribes them for you yeah. um, in a in a nutshell probably. Probably we tend to overstate those risks a bit, but they there certainly are risks there which vary uh, for individuals. Yeah. So I guess while I'm sitting here, it is important to understand what's going on here at Active Health. Um, I've sort of been associated with the clinic for a fair while since I've been back in New Zealand, but it's I guess it's a little bit unique in its sense and um, and what you're trying to provide in in terms of uh, a good place for athletes to come and also to get you know people who are not so active sort of up and running and, and prescribing green prescriptions and, 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 and the like. So maybe just tell us a little bit about what you're sort of trying to achieve here and, and where the clinics come from. Yeah, we, we are a clinic who definitely have a, a, a bent towards 
uh, towards exercise and um, even more specifically endurance exercise. We don't um, we don't do quite as much on the uh, trauma style of sports medicine or the team sport style. Um, and and that's really our expertise lies within endurance sport as well. So we have a, a combination of a number of uh, practitioners from medical, physio, chiropractic. We have nutrition and sports psych services, um, and and many others. We um, biomechanics. We we look at bike setup and running mechanics and and those sort of things. And we're we're very well served. In the premises with the uh, with the Olympic swimming pool and the running track and and a number of facilities nearby, so we we're kind of fortunate in the in the people that we have as well as the the location that we have. But really, the I think the the key to our service is trying to work together to provide a practical uh, sports medicine service for athletes. Mm. It's. Um, I mean, we always harp on about Christchurch and how good it is to train here. But I mean, uh, the complex where Active Health is based is at QE2 Stadium. It was the home of was it 74 or 76, 74, cool. 74 Commonwealth Games. Um, <clears throat> pretty much an all-purpose stadium. You have the athletics track next to the swimming pool, and they've now built a new 50-meter swimming pool. And uh, you won't be disappointed if you come. Um, we're sort of the envy of the rest of the country. We've got a really good tri squad going in the morning, and if you come in here during the day, you generally only have a few people in each lane in the 50 metre pool, uh, so it's absolutely fantastic. So yeah, come down, check us out when you're down here. Obviously Epic Camp is leaving from Christchurch for the guys that are coming down here, and um, lots of racing during the summer, and obviously it's summer down here when it's winter in the Northern Hemisphere, which is fantastic. So. Thanks very much again for your time, Nat, and um, we'll hopefully come back for a few more of those pressing issues, um, especially the, the third issue we covered uh, sometime in the future. Thanks, John. No worries. Questions and answers. So first of all, we actually got, it's not really so much of a question, it's more of a bit of a tip. And old uh, Chance Barber, we love old Chance, It's actually sent us through a link to gomichelle.com, and it's... Uh, Kaylee. Oh, McKaylee, sorry. <laughs> Names. <laughs> names, we're not good with names. <laughs> really aren't. But Kelly Jones is one of the legends of Iron Man of our time, really, at the moment. And she's got a, she's actually got a really great website. She doesn't look that young, does she? She's been around for a long time. Has she? She had a sprint finish with Karen Smiles. Oh, she that one? In the 1993 World Champs. Wow. And she'd raced the World Champs before that. I think she... I think she won in 92. She either won or got a, a medal in 92. Okay, so in last week's show, you said you could name every winner from the 90s. Could you do the females? Uh, I couldn't do all the females. I'd give most of them a pretty good shot. I think we should actually give you a quiz on this in the next show. Okay, I'll, I'll do I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, okay, I'm going to do my research. I, I, won't, I won't do my research. I'll, yeah, come, you I'll, come here fi- I'll come here five minutes before and I'll see how I get on. No, no, in the show, I'm just going to lay me here. Uh, I've got to go through a methodical process here. Well, don't practice. Okay. Because you, you've talked it up. But anyway, McKaylee, uh, blood legend, and uh, what she's got, she's got some kind of... Maybe maybe we're a bit too late for this. <laughs> Looks like we are. Okay, maybe we're a bit late. She did have a competition on there where you could win some two times you stuff, so go check it out anyway. This is a great website. GoMichaley.com, and she's got a blog on there, so that's always going to be interesting, but there, there was a competition on there uh, where you could win some two times you stuff, but oh, there, there we go. Look at that. Join the oh, and be in to win. Yeah, so if you play, play around with this in the site, there's a button there where you can win some uh, two times you training gear. And an elite sweatsuit, comp, triathlon, race kit, um, mm. racing shorts and jersey. So mm. so do you think she's won last weekend? Nah. She just, no, I don't think so. But yeah. man, she is a legend. I don't think she probably gets enough credit. I don't think... Yeah, she's a fantastic Ironman, but man, she has been around for a long time. She's been a silver medalist at the Olympics several times world short course champion stepped up to Ironman just done really well there obviously winning last year and a second the year before so she goes down as one of the absolute legends and most versatile athletes that there's ever been basically. she's even won exterior world champs yeah yep. so machine she is machine so there you go so more free stuff go on there and enter a competition yeah, totally and you'll get to hear about Michaeli more um, any thoughts um, any difference between training ve- oh this is from Michael Hood uh, your thoughts any difference for training versus races too much advice out there for a newcomer to the distance what do you ride or recommend I'm, I'm not sure what that means oh this was with regards to tubulars oh versus, that's why the title uh, was tubulars t- versus tubulars versus uh, clincher tyres yep so I think we've briefly covered this once before. Yeah, but we're doing it. What, what my, I perf- 
Um, personally, what I like to do, I always race on tubulars. You, obviously, you don't want to be training on tubulars because you puncture them and they're very, very costly to replace. Yep. So if you yeah, if you're going clinches and tubulars, you'll you have a separate set of wheels. Um, you can't have the same tyre on, on a clincher rim. Yep. Um, the reason I like to go for tubulars is that, for me, they're quicker to change. And the main thing is there's no risk of pinching your tube when you change them over. So a lot of people can change a clincher as quickly as a tubular, but then you risk pinching it. And then if you pinch it when you put it on, you pump it back up, you'll take it straight back off again. So that's the main reason why I like tubulars. Have you practiced changing tubulars much? Uh, a little bit enough. Mm. The main thing is you've got to have a little. I have a little space opposite my valve, which I don't have glued very heavily in. So I've got, got a starting point. The downsides of, of racing with tubulars is they are. Um, it's heavier to, and it's a lot more difficult to carry your spares. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. the other downside is once you put it on, uh, it's not going to be glued on very heavily. It's quite easy to roll the tires if Especially you're in cornering, yeah. high yeah. speed cornering. So the, there's, there's downsides, and you're going to get every single person's going to give you a different opinion whether they One like it. One of the benefits yours. is you can put more pressure in. Yeah. Single harder. Oh, you can. Yeah, these days in clinches, you can pretty much put an equal amount. Yeah. Um, but everybody, it really comes down to personal preference. But my preference is to race on tubulars. I find that I feel a little bit better, and, uh, and I always have done. And so you know what? Well. I've never actually used tubulars. No, no. But I'm quite happy with clinches. Mm. You know, like a, I'm pretty it, quick at changing a clincher. It's something you're probably not going to really think about too much until you've actually had one in a race. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you'll probably go, oh crap, maybe I should have thought about this before. Yeah. So it's um, a good question, isn't it? Yeah. Yep, so you would recommend maybe racing on one but never training one? If you're going to sit by a set of race wheels, uh, I would suggest buying tubulars, but that's just my personal opinion. Okay. Um, good arguments here. Okay, there we go. Um, any other questions here? Okay. Donna, Donna, Donna Dorwell. Um, I did uh, some late swimming last weekend and I found that I was sore in the small of my back, I guess from raising my head up to sight. Is there anything I can do to strengthen this area, e.g. weights, uh, you know, yoga, whatever? Thanks to look forward to the show every week. Um, the first thing you've got to focus on is keeping your head down when you're swimming. Bevan's going to give you some exercise. Think of some areas in terms of strengthening your lower back. But basically, the reason why you're more than likely you're getting a sore back is because your head's going to be elevated when you look, when you're um, sighting, and also just when you're swimming in general, because the wetsuit is going to change your body position a little bit. So the main thing you want to be focusing on is trying to keep your head down. And something I see a lot of people doing when they do actually go to to do their sighting is they lift their head up and they keep their head up and they kind of do water polo swimming for maybe you know six or eight strokes just to get a really good sighting on the boy. What I'd be encouraging you to do is try to, to um, not lift your head too much, basically go around and breathe to the side and then lift up your head as, you, as you're turning back to the, um, putting your head in the water and just keep your eyes just above the water and then try to get a bit of a sighting on the boy then put your head straight back down. You've got to try to keep that head down as much as possible, but obviously you don't want to be swimming off course. So with that, you're thinking that you want to practice it in the pool as much as possible? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, what a set I often get people doing, you know, if, if they're doing a distance workout in the pool, um, it might be something like, um, I don't know, four times 800 metres or something like that. And maybe the first and third one, uh, you're just swimming at a steady pace, and your second and fourth 800s, maybe every fourth length, you're doing a little bit of lifting your head up um, and, and just practice that sighting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, with the wetsuit, it does change your body position around a bit, but try to keep that head down as much as you can. See, I actually don't think this is much of a strength problem. I think it's more of a flexibility problem that it's, um, you really want to actually work on your flexibility because it sounds to me that if you're lifting your head up, that's causing stress through your lower back, which mm-hmm. comes more from flexibility than strength. Yeah. Um, if you want to do some strength exercises, well, good old-fashioned deadlifts um, and hamstring strength would be really important here. Um, and some of those... Um, back extensions that you can do, those type of movements will help. But I actually think, you know, to be honest, it's probably actually a good time to get into some yoga mm-hmm. um, and do some stretch flexibility stuff. Maybe actually go see a PT and get them to write you up a yoga type program or a stretch program that will actually target that area of your body. Because to me, it sounds like the putting your head up all the time has put stress on your lower back, which is basically because you're not flexible enough through that region. So um, I would actually look at that region more. Um, if you do want to do some weights for your lower back, uh, there's not a huge amount of exercises you can do. Really, your deadlifts, um, your cleans a little bit. Back extensions. Yeah, back extensions. Um, and hamstring strength as well. But also, um, when you're doing your flexibility program, really remember that a lot of your um, flexibility from your back comes from your hamstring exactly. flexibility. So you really want to focus on your hamstrings oh. as well. 
That's How many right. times do I have to tell that's, you? That's if, right. If, we've, we've talked about um, that Yoga Amazing podcast a couple of times. Most yoga routines you're going to find are going to have a really big emphasis on doing a lot of dog poses, yep. and that's really good for your hamstrings. Yeah, hamstrings as well, and, and they do a lot of hip work as well. Mm. But definitely lower back is... You know, to me, your issue here is more flexibility. So I would actually really work on that. Lots of child poses, lots of, you know, this type of opening up poses of the lower back. This is actually a new feature to the show. It's uh, triathlon comedy. Oh, okay. We just added that in, did we? I I just added that in. I didn't even know. Yeah, new feature. Okay, so wait a second. Is this something ongoing or is this when people send us stuff in? If people want to send us in... Some triathlon comedy. Comedy, we're happy to include it. Do you want to go one for one? So our first submission is... Ian Wood? From Ian Wood, who's from Christ. He's a, he's a Scotty from Christchurch. Oh, really? Do I know him? Uh, you've probably met him once or twice. Yep. Probably. He's um, a Scottish guy. He's part of the large overseas contingent. Of oh, no, Ian. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Good runner. Yep. yep. Um, so Ian sent me through a few little funny things. Okay. Do you want to go first? Yep. So this is basically uh, cyclists and triathletes are the biggest sand, sandbaggers and secret trainers around. They'll always say anything... Um, Anything to soften you up for the kill. Don't let this happen to you. Study this hand, uh, this handy writer's phrase book to find out what they really mean when they say, "Okay, I'm out of shape." Okay, transition. I ride 600 kilometres a week and haven't missed a day since Muldoon was MP, which is like a New Zealand Prime Minister back in the 80s. I replace my 11-tooth cog more often than you wash your shorts. My body percent fatage is lower than your mortgage rate. Okay. Nice. You read the next one. I'm not in competition. I'm just riding to stay in shape. Translation is, I will attack you until you collapse in the gutter, babbling and whimpering like a baby. I will win the line sprint, even if I have to force you um, into oncoming traffic. I will crest the first hill if I have to grab your seat post and spray energy drink in your eyes. Nice. Okay, you're up. Next one, um, I'm on my beta bike. Nice. I had this baby custom made in Tuscany using titanium blessed by the Pope. <laughs> I took it to a wind tunnel and it disappeared. It weighs less than a fart and costs more than a divorce. <laughs> it's, it's not that early. This is one that the Epic Camp guys love it when I say, oh, it's just, it's just pretty flat, it's just a few rolling hills. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It means uh, the climb lasts longer than, the co- than co- coalition no- negotiations. Be careful on the steep sections or you'll fall over backwards. If you have a 3923 low, low, uh, low gear, here's the name of my knee surgeon. Nice, okay, here you go. Uh, you're doing great, honey. Yo, ladass. <laughs> I'd like to get home before midnight. This is what you get for spending the winter decorating and eating chocolate. I should have married that cute cat one rider when I had a chance. Nice. <laughs> okay, this is a no-drop ride. Translation. Um, I need an article of your clothing for the search and rescue dogs. <laughs> Final one. It's not that far. Translation. Bring your passport. Nice. I <laughs> like that. It's comedy, tri- triathlon comedy for this week. Oh, there we go. We're just, we're, oh, we're just so funny. Innovators. Anyway, uh, Sponsors. First of all, we're going to Athlinks this week. Athlinks. So Athlinks.com. We're going to be going out to Athlinks and we're going to be looking for people who race in Kona uh, next week. And oh, okay. So, th- yeah. That could be uh, probably where our age group of the week might come from. Go on to Athlinks this week, do your Kona report, and the best Kona report we get on Athlinks, you are our age group of the week. Yeah. For our Kona super special. Exactly. Done. So, Athlinks.com, it's the online community for triathletes and athletes. Fantastic place to store your results. Compare yourself against your mates through the rivals section. No, I don't go to the front page much because I tend to just go to my own page. Yeah. But I'm loving the way they've got what, like latest gear entries. So actually what, what other people have written about gear. Mm. So if we, we go- do see they often have newest photo um, newest photos across the front as well, and we, we see if I see a few names popping up there yeah. um, from from listeners. So yeah, but but I, I love it how you can just track your results and you can compare yourself. Um, and I've still got a good record against most people because I'm not doing that much racing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, check it out. Athlinks.com. Okay, and also we've got Coffees of Hawaii, so we hope a few of you actually got that coffee in the swim. Sample, that's coffee in the swim in Hawaii. The Kona new blend. Hopefully Albert might have, might have been on the podium. Do you reckon he did? Uh, I think he could have snuck in there. You think he got there? Yeah. I reckon he did. So Coffees of Hawaii. Well, Mark Professor as well. Who's his last name? Pietro Fessa. Pietro Fessa. Um, I reckon he went into pretty well as well. I gave him some pacing notes for the cycle. Did you? I to chill out a little bit on the bike. Because he's an animal on the bike, isn't he? So coffeesofhawaii.com, the best coffee in the world. They've got some new blends coming out. Um, we to get some of that new blend, day. special, yeah. Actually, yeah. Albert, I need, I, need to, I need to order some coffee as well. You know why? Mm-hmm. Because I had, I had a friend around over the weekend. 
This is yeah, a friend, a female friend. Yeah. And uh, again, I'm single. Nothing happened. Just, yeah. just a friend came round, offered her a Milo because they ran out of coffee. Oh, no. Girls don't know that crap, do they? No. Because you've got nice coffee, you seem sophisticated. Imagine if I pulled out the new Kona blend in that blue package. We like the blue package. And they would have gone, oh, this guy's sophisticated. He's a thinker. He's a thinker. Yeah, whereas I pulled out a Milo. And she goes, the guy's a dumber. <laughs> <laughs> that's why nothing happened. That's why, that's why I left it alone. But, uh, anyway, remember, um, if you're a new listener to the show, you go on there and you can sign up to their coffee card. Yeah, and that'll, definitely. That'll keep you informed of any specials uh, on the site. And, uh, yeah, coffeesofhawaii.com. And uh, hopefully Craig Alexander won last weekend. And Tribos are going to be all over. And then if Tribos dominate, then we'll have Craig on next week. Featured athlete Craig Alexander. Fire my world champion Craig Alexander is going the distance with Tribos.com. Why is Craig Alexander so good? He's been around a long time. Really? And, uh, and I think, you know, you look at a lot of the top athletes, they have been around a long time. You look at, well... Especially the guys that I know reasonably well. I've, I raced with Craig for a long time and well, raced with him in France. Did you beat him? Uh, don't think so. <laughs> Pretty fast. Was he? Yeah. Uh, he's been racing for, for a long time. Yeah, since the uh, well back into the 90s. Um, Bevan Doherty, he's been doing it for bloody ages. Chris Gemmell's been doing it for ages. Chris McCormick's been doing the sport for ages. And they've built up such a good, strong base. They're now really starting to show through. So I think Craig's always been a, a talented athlete. But I think the fact that he's had long, longevity has is, is really showed how... Um, so how's someone like Craig avoid being injured? He's how, a, how do those guys do it? You know, like, because... Well, <sighs> their bodies must be there's screwed. A, there's a big difference between being a pro athlete and an age group athlete. You've got so much more time to do yeah, all true. the extra things. Kind of what Simon was saying, eh? Craig is actually a um, qualified physiotherapist. Oh, wow. Mm. Oh, he's a smart, man. smart cookie. So then, uh, yep, so um, Tribos, sorry, we'll get back to Tribos. Tribos.com. You know what, bookmark it. Make it a part of your bookmark on your browser so you don't need to go anything. So if I'm going to go buy a bike this week, I go to Bike on Tribos, and then I look at the new bikes. I've got the Quadaroo. You've got the aero bars, the components. The um, It's just all broken down. You can buy forks, oh, you can buy frames, handlebars, you can buy made-up bikes, complete bikes, settle. wheels. You can buy anything. You can buy everything at Tribos. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Tribos. Oh, that's pretty cool, isn't it? Look at that. Mm-hmm. You get those girls' ones that are like like a bit cut out in the middle. Yeah, what's all that about? Well, why don't boys have the cut out? We've got more down below. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we can have a bike, speed, spe- bike seat special one day. Well, maybe we should because I'm a bit curious about that. But okay, let's just yeah. leave it at that. Um, so, those are our sponsors. First of all, Athle- uh, what do we do first of all? Athlinks. Athlinks.com. Where all your mates are. Coffeesofwide.com to impress the chicks and trybuys.com <laughs> to impress yourself. <laughs> and if you do need to get any books or anything, um, if you're going to buy anything from Amazon, please go through our store. Yep, change your and, life. And uh, we'll get a little bit of commission off that, which is always uh, appreciated. Um, if, we haven't really been mentioning email questions recently. If you want to email us any questions, um, and also how are we going with websites of the weeks and stuff? Need a few more websites. Okay, so website of the weeks. Kind of with website of the weeks, we kind of like to get things that uh, obviously can be helpful for you guys in the community. Uh, so that'd be great and if you want to put in any high fives you, obviously the less bit we have to do the happier yeah, we are, we are. <laughs> um, so what are you up to for the rest of the week we kind of did this yesterday but I, I started reading Hamish Carter's book last night oh did you get it for free uh, I did I didn't get it for free I tried to contact the publishers but I couldn't find the publisher but uh. I did get it somebody's lent it to me uh. is so, it good? Uh, yeah it's alright I've sort of flicked through it to see whether I'd find it interesting and uh, yeah it's, it's good so far do you think it'll be because for you you know you're, you're you know, you don't like the Kona stories, you like the race. So, Because yeah. obviously his is a bit more to the to and, the mass market. And that's what I've liked about it. When I read, say, the Graham O'Brien book, um, so much of it went into the depression and all that sort of stuff, which, yeah. which you definitely had an interesting Sells story. Yep. Um, but Hamish, is, it's really just about his upbringing and, and you know, the, the tragedy of the Sydney Olympics when he, um, when he bombed out when he was one of the hot favourites. What happened there? Uh, read the book and you'll find out. Well, I don't have free copies. So. Well, maybe I can lend it to you afterwards. <laughs> uh, and then obviously going on to the highs of Athens. And um, Hamish, again, he, the reason why he's good, he's been around for a long, long time and, and he built on those experiences, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's kind of what... cool when I know some of the people that he's talking about well. Yeah, true. Stuff, yeah. So that means makes it a bit different. Oh, I'm sure it does. Um, and so you're packed? No, packing tonight. Packing tonight? Mm. Nice. You'll take lots of food to Rarotonga, apparently. Apparently the food over there is Milk really expensive. expensive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I've been to Rarotonga. I've been to Tonga. Tonga. Not the Rara, just mm. the Tonga. Tonga's interesting, I tell you. 
Is it? Yeah, it's it's because you got some really really rich people, which is about three people, yeah. and, and, then, and then it's kind of poverty. And it's interesting, the the graves in Tonga they actually um, bury people above the ground. Mm. So there's big moulds above the ground, and they decorate them, and they decorate them with like coke cans and stuff like that. It's it's pretty interesting. It's, it's an interesting place. I went to Tonga a few years ago as for an aerobics thing, and we were like celebrities. We were like on the news when we came in. The whole city was there, and we did this. We taught classes. I think we had. I taught a class to like four or five thousand people, really? and it was like in their national stadium, and we're teaching these classes, and oh, it was a yeah, wicked experience. They did bloody well at the World Cup. They did do well, didn't all they? Those, all those island nations have done very well. Yeah, yeah. New Zealand island nations did pretty well. Too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so you, you have a good time in Tonga. Yeah, you got Rara Tonga. You got anything exciting happening in your world? Uh, what's happening in my world? Um, you, you can't say no. Well, there's got to be something exciting. I've been playing guitar lots lately, mate. Right. Been getting into my guitar, I've written a song. Okay. Maybe I'll play a song for you one day iron on here. Iron Man, I love my Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Maybe I'll write an Iron Man song. Yeah. I wrote, I've been writing lots of songs, and my mate came around last night who I jam with, and uh, we have jam on Tuesday nights, and I was t- playing a couple of my songs, and my daughter goes, Geez, Dad, you're a bit lonely, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I said, No, I'm deep, babe, so yeah. you gotta love your kids to keep you humble, eh? So, anyway, um, let's do it. Let's do it. Iron Rust. Iron Mendo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia Kaha. Got that down pack now. Oh, mate, we're legends. <laughs>